0: And as was mentioned, this summer we're, we're going into a series on the Psalms, and um, when I was probably in, you know, going in, when I was in university, I was not at all interested in the Psalms. They seemed way too emotional, I didn't know what they were talking about, I was just like, just give me Romans, give me Corinthians, give me the letters of Paul. Give me the Gospels, but like the Psalms, I just, I just didn't connect with. I'm not sure if any of you can relate with that. They seem just too emotional. Maybe for me as a 21-year-old male, I was just like, these aren't for me, but just give me Romans. But as I've aged, hopefully gracefully, um, and gotten a bit older, I realized, you know, life comes with a lot of emotion, and that's okay, And it's actually good that the Bible speaks to emotion because that is a part of who we are as humans. And so it's amazing that we can come to God's word and find a place for our emotions, whether we are rejoicing and praising the Lord, or whether we're in the darkest season of our life and we don't know where to go. Most of God's word is God speaking to us, but much of the Psalms are giving us words to speak back to God. This morning we're looking at Psalm 1, and uh, over the past few years, I've learned many lessons in life. One of the central lessons I've learned is that you can't change what happens to you. Sometimes stuff just happens to you that you, you can't change that. It, just, it happens, it comes at you whether you like it or not. Some of these things might be good things, right? They're like a promotion, or the birth of a new child, or a, a marriage, or something like that. These are good things. But some things that happen to us are bad things. We can't help what happens to us sometimes, but we can affect how we respond to these things. It's rarely easy, because we can't always decide how we feel, but we can decide how we can react. This is one of the differences being created in God's image from the rest of creation. Animals, they just respond immediately. They just, you call it the, you know, the animal instinct or the animal response. There's, there's no thought. They just do something in response to something that happens to them. But as humans, we can take a minute and pause when something happens to us and choose how we are going to respond. One of the ways we can, that can help us respond in a good way is to know which path we are on. And in Psalm 1, we see that there really there's two main ways to live. There's two main paths that are set before us with which we can walk on. There's a way that's rooted in God and in his word, and there's a way that's detached from God. And this morning, my hope is that you'll understand that the life rooted in God is not only the best way to live, but it's the way that you would desire to live. And being rooted in God would allow you To walk through whatever life brings your way this summer or in this next year, and you will be able to respond in a way that's honoring to God. So, Psalm 1, is there any significance to the fact that it's the first psalm in the book of Psalms? Well, yes, there is. It kind of serves as a gateway into the book of Psalms. It's saying, as you're entering this book, again, there's two paths or two ways you can choose to live. And so the, the, the author of this psalm is asking you to consider which path are you walking on as you enter into this book of psalms. The two ways of living will be contrasted and explained in this psalm. And as well, just one more thing to remember as we're entering into the psalms, the psalms are poetry, all right? So the way that it's, it's written, it's not written like some writer giving you some logical argument to prove their point. They're using poetic words, poetic imagery, it's not a magazine article or something you see posted on social media about the, the top six ways to live your best life this week. It tells us how to live a good life by using poetic imagery. And so it paints a picture for us of two different lives that stand before us, one represented by a tree and the other represented by chaff. And so let's look at the text and take a look at what these two lives are. The first one is the way of the blessed. Look at verses 1 to 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. So the first thing I observe here is this phraseology, blessed is the one who. Does this remind you of anything in the Gospels? Blessed is the? This reminds you of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus giving the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus says in Matthew 5, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So in a sense, Psalm 1 is almost like a New Testament Beatitude. Again, in the, in the Beatitudes, Jesus is giving his people instruction on how to live life the Jesus way. If you're going to follow after me, this is what your life's going to look like. This is kind of the Old Testament version of that as we enter the Psalms. Jesus' disciples in Matthew 5 wanted to know how following Jesus looked different than from following other religious leaders or rabbis that were out there. In Psalm 1, God is teaching us that our lives should look different from the rest of the world that doesn't follow God. The word blessed there in Psalm 1, verse 1, could also be translated happy. And so one of the ways that our lives as christians and followers of god are supposed to look different is that we're supposed to be a happy people are you happy would people in your life say you know that person follows jesus and they look like it's fun to follow jesus it is a good thing to follow jesus or would they say you know what that guy who follows jesus he's just he's a real stick in the mud very curmudgeonly (laughs) that one we're supposed to be happy Blessed is the one. Happy is the one, it says here. If you have a New Living Translation or New Revised Standard Version, it actually says, it actually translates that word, happy is the one. I think that's helpful for us to know because blessed isn't a word that people outside of church often use. But they can understand happy. So we should be, as Christians... A happy people if we're following in step with the way of the blessed. This isn't a shallow happiness. Like, we we know that, right? It's not just like I'm smiling and papering over the cracks in my life. No, we could still be real. That's what the Psalms are saying. We could be real with our emotions. But by and large, we should be a happy people if we know the living God. If we've been saved by Jesus, we should be a happy people. We'll see a bit more of what this looks like in verse 3 with the image of the tree planted by water. As verse 1 goes on, though, the psalmist isn't focusing, he's not focusing on what the happy life looks like, but what it does not look like. Look at the rest of verse 1. Wise people avoid bad company. The psalmist goes on to give us a picture of what it doesn't look like. It says, they do not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit In the company of mockers. So, this is the lifestyle to be avoided. And when you look at this, these three statements walk, stand, and sit. These could be commands you give to your dog, but that's not what this is talking about here this morning. Walk, stand, and sit. I don't know if a dog would stand, I guess, but um, it kind of demonstrates this gradual descent into a deeper connection with the wicked. And so if you can imagine yourself, perhaps you're someone in the summer who likes to go for a walk. And you're out there on, on a walk with a friend, you begin by walking. But then you get to this point in the conversation where it gets a bit more serious and deep. So as you stop walking, and then you just find yourself you're just standing there talking with them. And then eventually, perhaps because the conversation is going so deep, you say, why don't we just why don't we just sit down so we can we can dive into this a bit deeper. There's a gradual deepening of the connection as you're walking with someone, and then as you're standing with them, and then as you sit with them. Eventually, you might be like, well, let's just grab a coffee or grab lunch because we need to to, to dig into this more. Walk, stand, and sit represents the gradual strengthening of a connection, and and if it's a good thing, that's a positive thing. But here in Psalm 1, verse 1, it's a descent into a wicked lifestyle if we are being connected with those people who are wicked. You know, people who fall into sinful lifestyles, it's rarely just their life is going well and then all of a sudden something happens and then they're, they're going off into a complete descent into some terrible thing. Usually it's small decisions along the way that eventually lead to a deeper connection with some sort of wickedness in their lives. Paul, in, uh, in Galatians 5.25, he talks about this, but in a positive way, I guess. He says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And so there's this phrase, walking in step with the wicked. Paul uses it in the New Testament as something that we're supposed to do positively. We're supposed to walk in step with the Spirit. What picture comes to your mind when you think of walking in step with, with someone? It could be, uh, you know, if you're at a church picnic or something like that, you know, that three-legged race that you often, you often do, keeping in step with someone, the image of a three-legged race. This is what it's saying that in, in the negative sense, we're not supposed to do with the wicked, but we're supposed to do keeping in step with the Spirit. Supposed to be walking with the Spirit, just like you would in a three-legged race. Right leg, left leg, right leg, left leg, right leg, left leg. You've got to keep in step. You can't just be doing the opposite thing um, of the person you're walking with. Who are you allowing in your life this week to shout into your ear, right leg, left leg, right leg, left leg? Whose voice is the one speaking into your life, giving you instruction that you're keeping in step with? Is it the Spirit? Or is it some other source? You know, I think for a moment about what speaks into my own life. You know, we're only in church an hour or an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. Sunday morning is not the only time we have content being put into our head. We know that Monday to Saturday and even the rest of Sunday, we're allowing other voices to speak into our lives. One of the constant battles we face in this day and age of, of social media and of easy access to TV and a ton of stations, is that we're we're having these voices speak into our lives so much more than we are the time we have with brothers and sisters in Christ or in church together. And so perhaps the voices that are speaking into your life are the ones, whoever you've friended on Facebook or whoever you're following on Instagram or Twitter or if you're younger than me, TikTok or Snapchat, For others, it might be the the content they're consuming on TV, the soap operas or the the evening television that you're watching. Or maybe it's cable TV or cable news like Fox News or CNN telling you what to think, shouting into your ear five nights a week, left leg, right leg, left leg, right leg. Maybe it's the Netflix shows that you're watching, which are normalizing what you're going to do and how you're going to live out your life. If we, The voices that we give time to are the ones that are shouting into our ears, and they're the ones that we're keeping in step with. This is why it's so important what we watch or what we like on our social media or who we follow or who we click add friend to. These have massive implications on our lives. We look and we sound like the people and things we give our time to, for better or for worse. This is why Paul commands us in Galatians to keep in step with the Spirit. As Christians, we're supposed to be keeping in step with God and His Spirit. And what's the main way that God's Spirit speaks to us today? Well, it's through His Word. It's through the Bible. Are we people of the Word? Are you letting God's Word Speak into your life more than you're letting the podcasts you listen to listen to Or again the tv shows you watch God speaks to us today through his word and it's his word that should be shouting to us right leg left leg right leg left leg Verse two goes on About the the righteous but whose delight is in the law of the lord and who meditates on his law day and night The one who lives a blessed and happy life is the one who delights in God's word. And meditating, it gives this idea of of something that we're taking into ourselves and we're ruminating on it during the day. There's the image of, of a cow that chews grass, right? The cow chews the grass and it swallows it, but then in a beautiful image, regurgitates it back up and chews it a little bit more. And then it goes down again. And can, this can happen several times. This is the image of meditating on God's Word. We're taking it into our bodies. But then we're chewing on it throughout the day. This is why Bible memorization is so important. Because you might not always have your Bible with you. But whatever you're doing during the day, whatever you've stored up in your mind that you've memorized, you've got it with you all during the day. It can be shouting out to you right right leg, left leg, right leg, left leg, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. For the happy person, God's word is what guides them and what strengthens them. This goes on in verse 3 with this beautiful image. It says, That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. This is the main image we want to remember from Psalm 1. Psalm 1. This magnificent tree that is planted by streams of water. When you think about it, something that is planted, I'm not much of a gardener. Actually, I'm not a gardener at all. <laughs> but you know, you plant a seed where it is most likely to grow. Right? You're not going to plant something that's in shade all day and gets no, no water. You're going to try to put it in a place where it's going to get the appropriate amount of water it needs and the appropriate amount of sun. So when we think about where we are going to plant ourselves as a tree, we need to plant ourselves with intentionality. What are we planting ourselves next to that is going to give us the things we need to grow? If we're planting ourselves far from God's Word, we're not going to grow and have the life that we want to from God's Word that will sustain us. We aren't going to be living the blessed and happy life if we're not intentional to plant ourselves beside God's word. And like this magnificent tree, when we are planted next to streams of living water, we see the blessings that come from the second half of verse 3. We'll be like the tree that yields fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. A well-watered tree produces fruit. That's just how God has made it. Sometimes we overcomplicate things thinking we need new, you know, new strategies or the latest thing. But it's just old strategies we need. Very simple strategies from God's word. Plant yourself next to the things that are going to help you grow. A well-watered tree produces fruit. Delighting in God's word will yield fruit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Self-control. These are the fruit of the Spirit. This is what should be marking the life of a Christian who's well-watered next to God's Word. Ask yourself, am I a loving person? Am I a patient person? Then ask yourself, am I rooted into God's Word? Walking in step with the Spirit and delighting in God's Word Will yield fruit in season from believers. I love that the psalm; it's just it's so straightforward and easy. It can speak to any of us. We don't have to have a Ph.D. in historical biblical studies or an M.Div. from the greatest seminary. It's just if we want to be a tree that's planted by living water, then we should do that and be planted beside God's word. But this psalm does it say anything to us? when we feel like life goes as it's not expecting, as it's, when things happen to us that, that aren't good? I mean, when, when life doesn't seem good, are we still happy and are we still blessed? Where's the blessedness or happiness of this psalm when you lose your job, or your marriage is falling apart, or your child walks away from the Lord, or someone you love dies too soon? Is this psalm helpful in the lowest moments of our lives as well? The image of a tree planted by streams of living water, we know in Canada, trees and we go through all four seasons, fall, winter, spring, and summer. When my family lived in Uganda for two years, we didn't experience four seasons like we did here. It was basically sunny um, between... 23 and 30 Celsius, 365 days a year. Sun came up at 7 a.m. It was right on the equator. Sun went down at 7 p.m. It was weird to think of what time of year it was because just everything seemed the same. But there were different seasons. There's a rainy season and there's a dry season. In dry seasons, it's harder for trees to produce fruit because they're not getting the water that they need. And trees don't look healthy and green all year round. But this tree spoken of in Psalm 1 is different. It's different than most trees because of where it's planted. Its roots have year-round access to water. So even when a dry season comes, it's still able to get the nourishment that it needs. So what about us? Can we be resilient like this tree through all the seasons of life? fall, winter, spring, summer, dry or rainy? How can we do that? Someone, the tree isn't something special in and of itself. It's special because of what it's rooted to. You and I, we're not special in and of ourselves or anything that we can come up with. We can only thrive like that tree if we are rooted to something that gives us life. We need to be rooted to Christ. We need to be rooted to the Spirit. We need to be rooted to God's Word so that no matter what season of life we find ourselves in, we're still able to get the nourishment that's going to give us life. It doesn't mean things won't be tough. There's nothing in this verse that says times of, of difficulty don't come. It says all seasons it thrives. Our roots are deep, and they need to be connected to what will sustain us and what will give us life. If you can think with me of what Jesus says in John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. This is what it says in John 7, 37 to 39. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood, and in a loud voice said this, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within them. And by this, John writes, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Brothers and sisters, if you're a follower of Christ this morning, you have the Spirit of God dwelling within you. Not just in good times in life, but through the most difficult times of life as well. And that spirit connects you with the living God. That spirit illuminates God's word, which speaks to you even today. We can be like that tree planted by streams of living water, by faith in Christ. For those who have come to Christ, his spirit now indwells you. This is why Jesus can say to each and every one of you who are in Christ never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I'm with you at all times. My spirit lives within you. Whatever life's throwing at you, you can get through it. I'm with you. Be rooted in God and in His Word. So blessedness and true happiness comes from God, not from superficial things that we try to grasp at from the world. It's a deep and abiding happiness. It's a disposition that can't be taken away from us in any of life's circumstances. In fact, the apostle Peter, he was writing to the church that was enduring much worse things than we're enduring today. They're going through physical persecution, seeing their brothers and sisters in Christ imprisoned, and having their life taken from them, just because they follow Christ. And he says this to this church in 1 Peter 1, verse 6. In all of these things, you rejoice greatly, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. For the Christian, we can rejoice greatly even though we're going to go through Trials. You know, yesterday was an emotional day for my family. Many of you would know that. Many of you were were there with us. Um, Many of you know that a few years ago, our second-born son, Jude, died as he was crossing the street, coming home from school, tragically killed. And yesterday, the city of Hamilton, in a wonderful way, um, renamed and dedicated a new park in our neighborhood in his honor, the Jude Strickland Memorial Park, it's now known as. And um, it was so wonderful to have so many of you uh, there with us. Yeah, it, was a, it was a beautiful day. We didn't, Vanessa and I didn't know how we were going to feel going into the day. Um, but it was so wonderful to have just the, the physical expression of so many of you there who were there. And I know many of you wanted to be there. Families from our church in Guelph, our family, friends, neighborhood people. It was just a really special day for us. But I've had, since that time, many people ask or say things like, I don't know how you've gone through that or how you can do that. And I don't know how I would react, they say, if, if I lost a child in the same way that you did. And the truth is, often I don't know what to say, say to that. Because if you had told me three years ago before Jude had died, how, if, some, if the worst happened, if, if you lost a son, how would you react? I wouldn't know either. I wouldn't know either. It's, it's not something that necessarily we can prepare ourselves for. But what I do know is that being connected to Christ, being rooted in him, has allowed us to get through this and not only just barely get by to be able to move forward with our lives and I don't mean to make in any way to make a hero out of out of myself I'm I'm not a hero but Jesus is a hero who has walked with us who has carried us is what you're connected to today is the roots that you're planting yourself into strong enough to carry you through something that might happen in the coming days that is the worst are you ready for that You may not feel ready for that right now, but if you're rooted to the right things, the right one, you can be like that tree whose leaf doesn't wither, who can endure whatever the seasons of life bring their way. You know, we just sang the song before we came to the message, He will hold me fast. We don't hold ourselves fast. Strong. We, don't, we can't do that on our own. It is Christ who holds us fast and being connected to him. And so again, what are you allowing to just be the things that are going to speak into your lives regularly? The tree in Psalm 1, again, it's not strong in and of itself, but it's strong because it's rooted and connected to the source of its strength. This is the life that's promised to those that are connected to Christ, one that is happy and blessed, one that is resilient through all seasons of life. But there's another way to live that this psalm talks about. Look at verses 4 and 5. Look at verse 4. The way of the wicked. Not so the wicked. They are like the chaff that the wind blows away. So in contrast to this well-watered tree that thrives and produces fruit, you get this, the wicked who are like chaff that dry up and blow away. Chaff was the part of the grain that dried up and was separated from the edible part of the grain. And so in the winnowing process, you would throw up the grain into the air, and the chaff would just blow away, and the edible part would fall back to the ground because of its weightiness. And so that's how they would separate it. They would just keep throwing it up in the air in the winnowing process. The wicked are like that chaff that just blows away because there's nothing to it. There's nothing to them. There's no rootedness. There's no depth. Just dries up and blows away. It serves a purpose for a short time and then becomes waste. So when Psalm 1 describes the wicked as chaff, they mean they have no rootedness, they cannot last, they have an expiry date. We are like chaff if we're rooting ourselves to things that don't give us life. Verse 5, it tells of their ultimate fate. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. The ultimate end for the wicked is destruction. In farming chaff, after it served its purpose, it's separated from the seed and it's either then just buried, plowed back into the soil, or it's just burnt up because it's now waste. That is the end for the wicked, this, this psalm is saying. It's waste, it's just to be put into the ground for no use or it's going to be burnt up. The wicked won't stand in judgment. We have a phrase that we use for something like that today. We, we say, they don't have a leg to stand on. The wicked when they're judged by God, they won't have a leg to stand on before him. And the second half of verse 5 just builds on what the first line says. It says, Sinners, which is another way of saying the wicked, they won't be able to stand in the assembly of the righteous. The assembly of the righteous will be like all of those trees, like a forest of trees. The righteous will be there before the Lord, and the wicked won't be able to stand before them. And so we've seen that there's a way of the blessed, there's a way of the happy, but then there's also a way of the wicked. And so what's the final contrast of the two ways to live? Verse 6, For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. We see that there's two ways named in verse 6, the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. Again, for each one of us here this morning, There is a fork in the road standing before you. When you leave this room this morning, which way are you going to pursue? Which path are you going to go after? The way of the righteous? The way of the blessed? Or the way of the wicked? The way of the wicked leads to destruction, and it's to be avoided at all costs. This is is God's word here. This isn't just a fairy tale, a choose-your-own-adventure, there is a a way of the wicked that leads to destruction. And I'm afraid that there's probably some of us even here this morning that are on that path. And as a pastor, I, I warn you, get off that path. Get off that path that leads to destruction. It's standing before you, and standing before the Lord, you will not have a leg to stand on. If we're wise, we'll see this option and we'll head in the other direction. On the other hand, for the way of the righteous, it says the Lord watches over you. Again, yesterday at the playground, you just saw all these parents watching over their kids playing on the playground. The watchful parent takes joy when their child has joy. And the Lord takes joy in you as you have joy in your life. The Lord watches over you. He cares for you. But you also see the parents, if something bad happens to the kids, if they, if they fall off something or they, they come running after them to go and care for them. That is the way the Lord watches over the righteous. He takes joy in you when you are rejoicing. But when you're down and like the child who scraped their leg at the playground, he comes out to you, bandages your wounds, and cares for you and walks with you through that. This is the way the. this is the watchful care that the Lord has over the righteous. So there's the way of the blessed, there's the connection to God and he watches over you and there's the way of the wicked that leads to destruction. And so by way of application now, let me just ask you to consider this morning what path you're on. Today is a great opportunity to just take stock in your life. Which path are you on? I can't tell you which path you're on, only you know before the Lord. Am I on the path of the, of the blessed and of the righteous or the path of the wicked? You know, being on the path of the righteous or the blessed isn't by something that we can do on our own. And I've already said, said that. The only one that's perfectly fulfilled Psalm 1 and lived out the life of the one who's blessed is Jesus. You can't gain your righteousness by doing what's in Christ. In Psalm 1, but you can receive the righteousness in Christ that will be imputed onto you, that will be put on you. God's, God's Word says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He's made a way already for you to come. You don't need to try to do this on your own, it's already been done for you on your behalf by Jesus. We just come to Him in faith we say, Lord, I, I can't do this on my own. I can't walk this, this way of the, of the righteous or the blessed on my own. If I just try to do it on my own, I'm going to fall. I won't have a leg to stand on. I need a righteousness that comes from outside of me, put on me. So that when I stand before the assembly of the righteous, when I stand before the Lord, it's Christ's righteousness that he sees. And this is an offer that is given to each and every one of you. If you see yourself as, a, as someone who's turned from God or hasn't followed God on his path, again, that verse in Romans, while we were still sinners, Christ died for you. It wasn't when you got your life put together, God chose to love you. He loved you before that. He's loved you forever. And he's calling you into relationship with, with him and that he can set you on that path, the way of the righteous, the way of the blessed, that you can live that life that you can't on your own. And my encouragement would be to you this morning, if you've never done that, to this morning, say, Jesus, I need you in my life today. I can't do this on my own. But if you have done that, Number two, resolve to be rooted in God's word. If you want to live the way of the blessed, we need to be rooted in God's word. If you're trying to live the Christian life apart from God's word, you will malfunction. It just won't work. The Christian life is supposed to be walking in step with the Spirit, and the Spirit speaks to us today primarily through His word. Maybe the application point for you this morning is to grab one of these Summer in the Psalms reading plan and saying, you know, I haven't known where to turn in God's word before, but because as a church we're going through the Psalms, I'm gonna choose to read through this summer 150 Psalms or one a day for the summer, whatever you wanna do, but there's a great reading plan that's there for you and you can grab on the table on the way out but getting into God's word, whatever the plan is, in some ways it doesn't matter as long as it's consistently rooting yourself to God and his word. Ask a friend, ask your spouse, ask your parent, just someone in your life to maybe do that with you so that you can walk together through this plan this summer. Probably one of the best application points you can do today is to the person next to you, hey, let's Let's put something together where we're keeping each other accountable and we're getting into God's Word and we're encouraging each other in God's Word. So number one, consider what path you're on. Number two, be rooted in God's Word. And then number three, be intentional with the voices that are shaping your life. Again, you're in church an hour and a half a week, but you have your phone in your pocket or beside you for over 100 hours in a week. If the voices you're listening to on your phone or the voices that you're listening to on your TV are in contradiction, or a distraction from God's word, then you just gotta root them out of your life. <laughs> you can't dabble with both, you can't have weeds and a, a strong plant stare together and expect the plant to thrive. So some of it might be needing to call some of those things out of your life that are shouting right leg, left leg, right leg, left leg to you on a daily basis because you're putting them into your ears on your own. So what do you, might you need to call from your life in order to allow God's word to thrive and take root in your life? Your phone can be used for, obviously, for evil, but it could also be used for so, so much good. You could be listening to God's word as you're, as you're going for a walk, or if you've got Bluetooth in your car, connect it so you can listen to God's word as you're driving around. Listen to worship You, you Listen to the, this playlist we put together of, psalms, of songs that were written based on the songs. Listen to godly Christian podcasts or sermons. Build yourself up in things that are going to help you grow. Resolve this week at least to monitor which content you're consuming. Don't just do it haphazardly. Monitor what am I allowing into my life this week. Or maybe look backwards on this past week. What have I allowed into my mind this week? Whether intentionally or even unintentionally. This week, every single person in this room or watching online has a chance to hit reset on how you spend your week. What's what's behind you is gone, but what's in front of you is up for you to decide, what am I going to allow this week to show it into my ear? Right leg, left leg, right leg, left leg. The Spirit has given us the power To walk this path if you are in christ let's choose wisely how we spend our week again there's a fork in the road that stands before each one of us as we're going to leave this church today which path are you going to choose to walk on the way of the blessed or the way of the wicked i encourage you to choose the path of the blessed this week and to follow christ in everything that you do lord i thank you for your word. I thank you for Psalm 1 that still speaks to us today. It is just as relevant for us here in 2023 in Hamilton for wisdom like it gave to your people so many years ago. Father, we know that on our own we can't walk the way of the blessed in our own strength, but we thank you that in our place, Jesus has already walked that path before us. We thank you that by placing our faith in him, we can have righteousness, and that we will be able to stand in your presence because we're not dressed in a righteousness that's, that we've come up with, but that Christ has put onto us. And so, Lord, help us then to step into that path this week, help us to be rooted in your word, and help us to be mindful of the voices that we're allowing to speak into our lives. May we walk and step with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Give just a quick last word from uh, John 15 as the benediction this morning. So John 15, verse 5, this is Jesus speaking. He's speaking to you this morning. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's resolve this week to abide in Christ in all that we do. Amen.